Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Entertainment Podcast, your source for all things entertainment. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Chad Stewart on the line. He's Managing Director over at Devonfield, and he's also author of Britfield and the Lost Crown, which is a book one in his seven-part Britfield uh, series, book series. Um, Chad, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Adam. Glad to be on. Oh, man. So first off, uh, much respect to anyone that does a seven part of anything, let alone a series <laughs> of novels. So uh, congrats on the first book being launched. First off. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of work. So what is the um, I always like to start off book interviews. I, I love promoting authors. I love promoting their sure. work and I'm a big fan of, um, of you know, getting your message out there and really completing a project. So let's focus on uh, book one today and maybe talk a little bit more about your plans for the series. But uh, sure. just to kick us off, what was the inspiration for starting this? Yeah, so I'll give you a quick like two minute overview, if that's OK. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in New England for uh, 16 years, and about 10 years ago is when I had the idea for Britfield Lost Crown. At the time, I was in uh, I was an investment banker for Morgan Stanley. I mean, I was down at this uh, really boring um, seminar <laughs> for the weekend in Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> and that's when I got this idea. I literally just did this little doodle of a circle, three lines, a basket, and I wrote, and then I put a boy in a balloon, and I wrote the boy in the balloon. And I thought, gosh, what an interesting story. So I went home, and literally on one piece of paper, I just started to outline it, bullet point it, and, you know, what's the, what's the general story? Where does it take place? And um, I, I've traveled throughout Europe. I was a British uh, literature major, European history major in school, so book one takes place in England. And so I really sat down and spent four years, 2,500 hours, to write and create uh, Britfield Lost Crown book one, which is part of the seven book series. And we officially launched it last year, August, uh, nationally launched it. And then we're getting, we're getting geared up now for our international release. And so it's been a very, very long time, long journey. I like to say this to the audience for anyone, um, you know, that's an inspiring writer, but anyone that's in, even into business, you know, we live in this kind of flashover substance society where it's like, I want it now. And it's like all success comes, comes, uh, comes over hard work and time. And they say that every overnight success takes about, at least one to two decades to complete. So it was a long, from, from concept of Britfield Lost Crown to actually launching it, it took me 10 years. So, Wow, that's absolutely amazing. I love it. And, uh, and I, I mean, and as I was saying in the, in the show, like in the warm-up in the beginning of the show, I'm like, man, I always like to write that novel. There's a lot of people listening right now that have, maybe they've done some of the nonfiction work or other things like that in their story. And, you know, that that's not easy either. I'm not claiming that is. But to, to tap into that creative side, especially when you come from the banking side or things like that, like it's not always easy. Um, no. So what kind of, what kind of tips would you give for that, for that, let's just say aspiring novelist of somebody that's out there, maybe they've written some, some nonfiction stuff and they always want to cross over to the other side. What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd say uh, uh, two things about writing is you write about what you know and you write about what you love. Because when you're writing about something that you know and you're writing about something you love, that, that natural passion and excitement comes out in your writing and it makes it unique. You know, you don't want to copy some other writer because we already have that writer out there. It's like an actor. It's like you don't want to be that actor. You want to be the best actor you can be. And so I think writing is very similar. And it, it just comes down to discipline and time. And I think I, I have a great admiration for anyone that writes a book, regardless that it gets published or anything. I think just to sit down and to create an entire story 
and finish it and finish the final draft, I think is an amazing accomplishment. But again, like I said, it just takes time and discipline. And I think you can get it down to, um, this is the analytical side of it, but for every published page, it takes you anywhere from three to five hours. So Adam, you said, hey, I want to write a, you know, a hundred page book. I'd say that's great. Probably take you right around three to four to 500 hours to complete it. Now, because because writing is 10% writing and, and 90% rewriting. And so to get that first draft done, that's great. That's really exciting. Get all your thoughts down. You know, you got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Now the real work begins because now you're going to keep going through it over and over and over. That's the editing process. And every single time that you edit your book or your work, it becomes better. And every time you edit, you become a better writer. Uh, and then you take a break, maybe a week, a month, and then you come back to it. But it's it's it really is. It's kind of like combing matted hair. You know what I mean? It's like your first mm-hmm. draft. It's it's extremely rough, and then you start to you know you start to comb through it once. That's your first edit. It's getting a little bit smoother, and you're a little more um, uh, meticulous with the words you're using, and you're finding you know you're bringing in different adverbs and stuff, and you're kind of putting it together and stuff. So it's a it's a long hard process, but it's it's exciting and it's fun, especially on the fictional side because. There's there's things inside you that it's it's so exciting. Like, you know, you're sitting here kind of stumped or you're like, okay, what happens next? And also these ideas just come out of your mind. And and I think that's why writers love to do what they do. You know, it's like I don't sit down and and, and write a book and say, I've got it all mapped out. (laughs) It's just like Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. I have a general sense of it. I have a general idea of it. And it's kind of fun because book one is um, book one is 384 pages. And uh, we've already scored a 9.03 out of a scale one to 10 across all our demographics. We've won over 20 nat. 20 national international awards. We won Parents Choice Gold Medal, um, Mom's Choice Gold Medal. Our youngest reader has been seven. Our oldest reader has been 93 years old. So we've really created an extraordinary, um, exciting story that's kind of timeless. I mean, it takes place in England. It's current time. And I think that's what's kind of fun about it. So it's not kind of caught up in this fantasy world. That book, too, is already finished. I finished that last December at 540 pages, and that'll be launched um, next year. Congratulations. Just, let's not, let's not just, uh, uh, let's yeah, not yeah, just yeah, glance yeah, over that, like no little feet there. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that was a beast. It's funny too, because when I started it, it, you know, and there's some authors out there for whatever reason, it's like they love page count. And it's like, I don't write, I don't write for page count. I write for story. And if the story mm. takes, and I really, I thought book two, which is called uh, Britfield and the Return of the, uh, Oops, Briffield and Return of the Lion. Or no, I'm sorry, sorry, Briffield and the Rise of the Lion is book two. I thought it was going to be about 350 pages and it ended up to be 540 because the story dictated it. Now, I just started about two weeks ago writing book three. So that's it's kind of a fun time to talk about writing because now I'm really back into the process. And mm. I'll, say, I'll say this to writers, it's, it's, it's all structure and outlining. You know, I think it's great to sit down and you kind of, you're at your laptop and you start tapping it out. And anytime you have an idea, that's fantastic. But the best thing to do is to really sort of just have a, have a place where you can be quiet and, and uninterrupted time, phones out of there, no one's coming in and out, whether it's an hour, two hours, a weekend, whatever it is, and just start outlining it, you know, point by point by point. Where does it start? Where does it end? It's really important to know your ending, especially on the fiction side, because you got to know where you're going. It's like a road trip. If I get in my car for a three-week road trip and I don't know where I'm going, it's a disaster. But if I'm leaving San Diego and driving to Boston over the next three weeks, that's fantastic. That's a beginning and an end. Now, where am I going to stop along the way? But it's all it's all outlined. It's scene by scene, step by step. And that's really the process that I'm in right now. It, book three takes place in Italy. And so I know where it starts and I know where it ends. And then where are the areas that I want to go, like Florence and Rome and, and Venice? It's kind of exciting. So... 
Um, if you look at if you look at writing a book like putting together architectural plans for a house, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, you don't go out and just buy the material and build your house from a picture. You spend the months and months, you know, outlining or putting together the architectural plans. And then when you go out to build it, you already pretty much know where everything's going to be. So, man, that's awesome. Um, give us a little bit more. Um, um, we don't want to spoiler, obviously, because we want everybody to go out there and get it. But give us a little bit more on the story so that um, so that readers know what to expect. Yeah, it's exciting because I uh, just to let you know we were um, we we had to cut it short, but we were on a um, a national school tour, and so I drove nine thousand miles, eighteen states, over one hundred and fifty <laughs> schools, and presented in front of about thirty thousand students. Wow! And I, was in, I, I was in Memphis, Tennessee, back to back schools uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then I had to drive in, in March, and then had to drive back, obviously, because everything that was happening. Because we were like we were going to take it all the way up north, all the way to New England, and all the way down to Florida. So. We'll come back to that, but um, but the tour was great, and um, some of the questions I get is, you know, uh, what's Britfield and the Lost Crown? What does that mean? And I think there's a great hint in that, you know, with with when you when you talk about crown, you're talking about loyalty, and if something's lost, that's part of the mystery of it. But it really just takes place. It starts in um, Yorkshire, Northern England. It's about Tom and Sarah. They're two orphans, and Tom's been an orphan his whole life, and he's been at this miserable orphanage called Weatherly Orphanage for six years. And this is the year he vows to escape. And that's kind of how I kick off that first chapter with that sort of action trigger. And eventually, I don't want to give anything away, but, <laughs> you know, along the ways, they, they escape from the orphanage. They commandeer this hot air balloon because they're trying to escape from Detective Gowerstone, who's been assigned to, to get them back. And he's renowned for finding escaped orphans. And it's just a fun, exciting adventure that starts in Yorkshire and it goes to Oxford and Windsor and London and kind of ends up all the way down in Dover. And it's 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 a fun, fast paced action adventure that that kids, children, parents and adults just love and love to read. And and we can talk a little bit about that because part of it's the, my writing technique um, to make it go so fast. But I've had 12 year olds read the the 384 page book in, in, in five hours. Um, oh, wow. Like my my literary agent, her her 15 year old daughter, when she had the manuscript, she went, she read it in one sitting. So that means she sat down, started it, and didn't get up until she was finished. So get out. So you have a, a bingeable book in the day of a Netflix oh, yeah. and binge TV. Finally, yeah. binge reading. Thank I you. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. I, I'll have to use that. Binge reading. That could be the next uh, hashtag. <laughs> no, that's but, exactly uh, what you've done. But no, yeah, and, and we can tell you if you want to, we can talk a little bit about, you know, why and that technique and, and, and the process of it. But I mean, every for, for me, too, coming back to writers, it's like if it's not needed, don't put it in there and be very careful with your um, description. I think too many authors uh, try to prove how great of writers they are or or how poetic they are by just bogging it down with a lot of description. And, and really, all that does is it just takes away from the story. And we've all had that where we're reading a book and it's like, you know, okay, I'm following these characters and all of a sudden, boom, three paragraphs describing what the house looks like inside. And it's like, give me a break. It's like, who cares? It's like, you know, <laughs> do it in two or three lines. You know what I mean? And, and let us fill it in. But what you're doing is I call them speed bumps because you're reading and then all of a sudden, boom, you have this huge description and it just kind of takes away the flow of the action and the movement. So I try to really refine my descriptions. And, um, and, it's, and this is a work in progress for me. And I'm getting better and better at it. But the idea is, is, is what would normally take a, a paragraph to describe, can you do it in one to two lines and not sacrifice anything? You know, can I outline whatever I'm trying to describe in a paragraph and do it? In, I like to call them power lines, you know, or, you know, and, and if you can think about it, you can think about a, a, a great one, 
one line quote that you've read and just in that one line it's like oh you like it takes your breath away and, and all it is is just one line and it's just just the, just the arrangement of words but someone can sit there and have one quote that actually is profound and if you get your descriptions like that where you're not being repetitive and you're tightening it up and maybe you have three sentences and you can and you can kind of bring them into two sentences and just have those tight descriptions where you paint the picture you get the gist I can visualize the rest and you move the story along. I think that's very, very important. So, but no, so it's, um, I think what's fun about it too is um, it, I, I like to call it three pillars. And these are what's important to writing. Number one, it's a fast-paced adventure novel that, that uh, the audience just loves to read. We've had just thou literally thousands of wonderful reviews across the board. Like I said, our oldest reader was 93 years old. It was a woman and she read it in five hours and loved it. Um, so it's a fast-paced adventure novel. We found that even like with children that aren't readers, and many of them don't like reading, you'll give them Britfield, and they just love to read it. They just they, they can't put it down. So it's an exciting book. And then number two, it's really based on just you know family values, based on friendship, character, and courage. That's the foundation of the whole book. Um, and it takes place in present time. And I think in this kind of fantasy society, this flashover substance society, where where there's a disconnect. You know, you have your demigods and your superheroes. And they're fun, but kids can't really relate to that because they're not Superman or, or they're mm -hmm. not a magician. You know, they, don't, they can't wave a wand to get out of a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not reality. Yeah, sure. And I think what's fun about Britfield is it's really grounded in reality. And, and, the, and, and Tom and Sarah are constantly faced with all these problems, and they've got to figure it out. And they've got to, they've got to talk it out. They've got to communicate, critical thinking, think about it. Sometimes they make the right decisions. Sometimes they make the wrong decisions. They learn from their mistakes. And I think, I think that's what makes it such a fun book. It's, there's no suspended reality, if you will. And you're like, oh, come on. Or wait a second, hold on. They were there and they're suddenly here or, you know. So, and then number three, it's actually educational. And so as you're reading the book, we like to call it stealth education. But as you're reading the book, you're going to learn about history, geography, art, architecture, culture. So I bring you into this entire world of England. And I wrote it really as a tribute to, to, to my love of England, my time in England. I lived there for about two years. And uh, it's really a tribute to the English people and, 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 the, and the wonderful history and the wonderful countryside. Man, I love it. This is exciting. Um, so that being said, um, Chad, first off, I can talk to you about this all day long. I know we barely scratched the surface on uh, the book and also um, your plans for the overall series. That being said, if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn more and connect with uh, Brickfield and the Lost Crown and also just the overall brand in the Brickfield series, I mean, what's the best way for them to, to, to learn more and to, and to follow up? Yeah, we're, we're on Amazon, which is great. So you can get the paperback, hardcover, softcover. Um, and we also have the ebook, and we actually have the audiobook, which uh, was done by an award-winning voice talent, Ian Russell, British voice talent. He does all the characters for the audio version. You can buy the book on Britfield.com. So if you go to, to the website, that's what's really cool. We spent about a year creating uh, Britfield. It's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D, Britfield.com. And it's got over 400 pictures of England. So everywhere where Tom and Sarah wow. go... You it's can, beautiful, you can by it. the way. Your website is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at it, and I'm like, where am I at? Am I at Disneyland? Yeah. I don't even know. It's beautiful. It, it, it's pretty cool. We're, we're really psyched. I mean, I, I like to say, if you can find a better book website, you know. Nah, not um, happening. Let, seriously, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> not and, we, and, we, and we looked at a lot of them out there. I mean, hundreds, if not thousands, and we're talking yeah, some of the best best-selling. I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the website's really cool because it's got it's got all our it's got a lot of our interviews and um, on our tour and it's got um, over 400 pictures of England. So everywhere where Thomas Sarah goes, it has interactive maps, so you, like Google Maps. So, you know, it's like okay, so where exactly is Yorkshire or where where is Weatherly? And 
and you can zoom in and zoom out of it, which is kind of fun. So it's, to me, it really complements the book. It's great for teachers if they're teaching the book. We actually designed Britfield Lost Crown to be taught in the schools, and we actually have an 83-page study guide that, that goes with the book. So the teacher could literally teach Britfield Lost Crown over a semester, and that's how it's designed. And in fact, through this school tour, we've had probably over about 20, 30% of the schools already adopt Britfield into the reading, reading curriculum, which has been exciting. So. Wow, absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, well, Chad, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more about the series and all the great things you're doing out there. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave me a review in the Apple iTunes store. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Entertainment, definitely uh, give us a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments on the video. I mean, love to know what kind of projects and things you're working on. And uh, Chad, thanks again for coming on the show.